Would you like to know what's going to happen in the future? Would you be interested in discovering how this world is going to end? Today, I want to help you find some solid answers to those questions. So I want you to take your Bible and turn to Mark's Gospel, chapter 13. Near the end of Jesus' earthly life, he was focused on getting his disciples ready for a future without his physical presence. Within a couple of days, he would be arrested, tormented, beaten, and crucified. He would die for the sins of the human race on the cross of Calvary. And within three days after that time, he would be resurrected from the dead, and then he would ascend back to heaven. This was so much for the disciples to take in. Naturally, they had some questions. After leaving the temple, four of the disciples approached Jesus and asked him about the future. In Mark 13, verse 4, they said, tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign when all these things are going to be fulfilled? Matthew gives us even a little bit more detail. In Matthew 24, 3, the Bible says that these disciples said, tell us, when will these things happen and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? So Jesus laid out the signs for the last days for those disciples. And we talked about that last week in the sermon entitled The Last Days. Then he warned them about a period of seven years called the tribulation with the last three and a half of those years called the great tribulation. The Antichrist and his evil regime will seek to rule the world. And he will even demand that all people worship him as he even commandeers the Jewish temple in Jerusalem and proclaims himself to be God. Here's how Jesus described this period of tribulation. In Mark 13, verses 19 through 20, Jesus said, For those days will be a time of tribulation, such as has not occurred since the beginning of creation, which God created until now and never will. Wow. We, we think we've seen the bad stuff. According to Jesus, this world has never seen anything like what they will see and experience during these years of tribulation, especially the last three and a half. Verse 20, unless the Lord had shortened these days, no life would have been saved for the sake of the elect whom he chose. He shortened the days. Praise God. He's going to shorten the days. Amen. So Jesus went beyond the last days and the tribulation, and he told these men that he would definitely return. As we take our Bibles and look into a certain future, I want to focus your attention on the title of today's message, The Second Coming of Jesus. The Bible literally pulsates with the message that the Lord Jesus is going to come again. And that the world is going to end. 
For every time the first coming of Jesus is mentioned in the Bible, his second coming is mentioned eight times. One out of every 30 verses in the New Testament refers either to the return of Jesus or to the end of the world. Jesus himself referred to his return 21 times. So when it comes to the future, I want you to know I'm not a psychic looking into a crystal ball. I'm a pastor who has studied the scriptures, and I come to you with a word from God today to make one big point. Jesus is coming soon. He's coming soon. Are you ready? This is the climax of the gospel, the consummation of God's eternal kingdom. And it is grounded on the promise of Jesus to return. So here's a biblical description of this important future event. And it begins, number one, with the presentation of Jesus. They say when you... When you're before a group of people uh, and you're making a, a, a pitch to, for a new business or a new idea, presentation is everything. And I'll tell you, when you look at the presentation of Jesus, my friend, I, I think you will be stunned and amazed. Maybe you're wondering, how could someone know for sure when Jesus comes? Well, the presentation would be so astonishing that no one could possibly miss the fact that something supernatural is taking place. In Mark 13, 24, Jesus said, But in those days, after that tribulation. So here we see the sequence. Before Jesus comes, the tribulation must take place the seven years of tribulation the antichrist will wield his power over people who have rejected jesus in the future the world will experience unprecedented evil unbridled immorality unparalleled devastation and unrelenting violence directed toward believers and the jewish people on top of that God will unleash his wrath in judgment. It will consist of the seven seal judgments, the seven trumpet judgments, and the seven bowl judgments that are described in great detail in the book of Revelation. So that's the sequence. In those days, after that tribulation, and then here's the setting. Look at verses 24 and 25. The sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers that are in the heavens will be shaken. Think of this. After the final day of tribulation, and, Je and Jesus knows exactly when that day is. After the final day of tribulation... While the earth is drenched with the blood of the saints, all at once, all at once, the cosmos will be drastically altered. The sun will be darkened. 
The moon will not shine. It will not have any light to reflect. The stars will fall from the sky. The powers that are in the heavens will be shaken. Now, this is not conjecture. This is not a, a, a preacher giving his whimsical opinion about what's going to happen near the end of the world. This, this is the, the words of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Listen, he's never been wrong about anything he ever said. He wasn't wrong about his first coming. He wasn't wrong when he prophesied that Peter would deny him three times. He's never been wrong, and he's not wrong about this. In Revelation chapter 6, verses 12 to 14, John describes this scene that's taking place at the end of the world. He said, I look when he broke the sixth seal and there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth made of hair and the whole moon became like blood and the stars of the sky fell to the earth as a fig tree cast its unripe figs when shaken by a great wind. The sky was split apart like a scroll when it is rolled up and every mountain and island were moved out of their places." Nothing has ever happened like this in history. All of creation will shake like a child with a high fever, and the entire universe will begin to collapse on itself. How will this affect the people on earth? In Luke 21, 25, and 26, chapter 21, verses 25 and 26, Jesus said there will be signs in sun and moon and stars and on the earth dismay among, among nations. Dismay among nations. In perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves, men fainting from fear and the expectation of the things which are coming upon the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. In the book of Hebrews, the Bible says that one day God is going to shake the earth and he's going to shake the heavens. And I believe that we're seeing the prelude of that right now. Think about it. For the people who are living during that time, with all this happening in the heavens, every eye will be focused on the heavens. Every eye. People will get out of their cars. They'll look in the heavens. Newspaper uh, uh, journalists will, will, will begin to write stories. Uh, Fox News and maybe even CNN will. will <laughs> I couldn't resist that. I'm sorry. Maybe they will even have cameras trained upon the skies at what's happening. Gripped by fear, every unsaved person will seek to hide from the presence of God Almighty and from his son, the conquering king. But you need to know there'll be no place to hide when Jesus comes. No place to hide. I'm telling you, folks, Jesus is coming soon. And you've got to ask yourself today, am I ready? You don't need to ask your wife, is she ready? You don't need to ask your kids, are they ready? You don't need to ask your parents, are they ready? You need to ask yourself. You need to stand before a mirror, and you need to ask yourself, am I ready for the coming of Jesus? Now, we're not talking about the rapture today. We're talking about the second coming of Jesus. Jesus wants you to be prepared. He wants you to know how the future will unfold. 
We've seen the presentation of Jesus. Now I want you to see, number two, the revelation of Jesus. The world's last encounter with Jesus was at a blood-soaked cross where, according to the world, he died disgracefully. There are people the world over who scoff at the idea of the second coming of Jesus. This shouldn't catch us by surprise. Peter, riding under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, said in the last days there would be scoffers saying, where is his coming? You've been talking about this for years, church. Where is his coming? And they will scoff at the idea of the second coming of Jesus. But one day, all the scoffing will come to an abrupt end. The Lord Jesus will come again. Pastor, how can you be so sure that Jesus is going to come again? Because he said he's going to come again. I believe Jesus. Do you believe Jesus? I believe his word. Do you believe his word? He said he's coming. 21 times in the New Testament, he said I'm coming. How many times does he have to say it for us to believe it? In Mark 13, 26, Jesus speaking to those disciples just before he would die and be, be raised from the dead and ascend back to heaven. He said, then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with power and glory. The tribulation, the collapse of the cosmos, the return of Jesus, they are all linked together like a chain. You can't separate one from the other. Hundreds of years before Jesus came the first time, Daniel the prophet prophesied. Now, this is about 500 years before Jesus came. Daniel the prophet prophesied about his second coming. Listen to Daniel's words. Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming. And he came up to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom, that all the peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. Daniel said 500 years before Jesus came, not only is he coming for the incarnation, he's coming again after he's lived on this earth and died on the cross and been resurrected from the dead and ascended back to heaven. Jesus is coming again, Daniel said. But Paul said the same thing. In 2 Thessalonians 1, 7, Paul wrote, the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire. And John said the same thing. In Revelation 1-7, the Bible said, behold, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, who crucified him 
and all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. So it is to be. Amen. Jesus is going to come. So what, we, what do we know about his coming? We know that Jesus will come visually. No, notice the word see, S-E-E. It means to see with perception. No one on the planet, uh, when Jesus comes, will miss either the sight or the significance of his coming. There will be no confusion about his identity or his authority. Every voice raised against Jesus will suddenly be stopped. Jesus will come visually. And we know that Jesus will come powerfully. When Jesus comes again, the world will see the greatest display of power that has ever occurred on this planet. Any display of power that we have seen in our lifetime pales next to the power of Jesus coming. In Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 13, the Bible says, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it is called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems, and he has a name written on him which no one knows except himself. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. The enemies of Jesus who have gathered for the battle of Armageddon will be destroyed by a simple word that comes out of the mouth of King Jesus, the conquering king. Jesus will come visually. You can count on it. Jesus will come powerfully. You can count on it. And Jesus will come gloriously. Picture the scene. Against the backdrop of the fading luminaries, the splendor of our Lord's unveiled Shekinah glory will suddenly flood the entire universe. Human history, as we know it, will come to an end. So let it be known far and wide. Let it be known in America. Let it be known in China. Let it be known in Russia. Let it be known in Asia. Let it be known on the African continent. The Lord Jesus is going to come. He's coming, and he's coming soon. Are you ready? So Jesus described in the future in graphic detail. Let me remind you about the presentation of Jesus and the revelation of Jesus. But now thirdly, I want you to see the declaration of Jesus. The king speaks with authority when he comes. Notice verse 27, Mark 13, 27. And then he will send forth the angels and will gather together his elect from the four winds from the farthest end of the earth to the farthest end of heaven. The angels in obedience to the command of the Lord Jesus Christ will spring into action, and on that day there will be redemption for the saved. Matthew twenty-four thirty-one. the Bible says, 
that it will come with a with a the, the great blast of a trumpet and those Jewish and Gentile believers who are alive on the earth when Jesus comes will be gathered together the angels will not miss one single believer I don't care where they are I don't care if they're tucked away in a jungle somewhere I don't care if they're in a high-rise building. I don't care where they are. Every single believer will be gathered, Jewish and Gentile, will be gathered by the angels and brought together to the Lord Jesus Christ. Having never bowed the knee to the Antichrist while remaining faithful to Jesus, they will receive relief and rewards from the Lord Jesus, and they will marvel at the glory of their king. Oh, my soul. So there will be redemption for the saved, and there will be retribution for the lost. A failure to place your faith in Jesus will result in the harshest condemnation imaginable. Paul described it for us in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. He wrote, and after all, it is only just... For God to repay with affliction those who afflict you, the believers, Jewish and Gentile. Verse 7, and to give relief to you who are afflicted and to us as well, when the Lord Jesus will be, will, will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, notice this, dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. These will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Let me tell you, there are a lot of jokes made about hell. There are a lot of rebels in our world today who prefer to live life their way, who prefer the pleasures of this world rather than the glory of Jesus. And they make stupid statements like this, well, when I get to heaven, we're going to have a big party. We're just going to gather together and we're going to party. We're going to have pleasure. Let, let me tell you, friend, don't fall for that stupid statement. That's not true. Heaven, hell, listen, hell is a place of sheer evil. Hell is a place of torment. Unending torment. Hell is a place of separation from God. And hell is a place of painful memories and accusing conscience. Think about this. The last memory that a lost person will take into hell with them at the end of the world will be the sight of the glory of the coming of Jesus. And for all of eternity, that picture will haunt them. Why didn't I believe in Jesus? Why didn't I follow Jesus? Why was I a scoffer? Why didn't I go to church? 
Why didn't I read the Bible? Why didn't I listen to my mom who shared the gospel with me? Why? And for all of eternity, they will live with an accusing conscience and a vivid memory of the glorious return of the Lord Jesus Christ. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Jesus is coming soon. It's important for you to give strong consideration to what Jesus said about the future. Listen to David Jeremiah's words. He said, future events have present implications we cannot ignore. When we know that Christ is coming again to this earth, we cannot go on being the same people. Let me ask you a question. Do you really in your heart believe that Jesus is coming again? Well, let me ask you this. How in the world can we ignore that? How in the world can we fall into the pattern of a world system that is going to end someday? How in the world can we, re can we resist the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives? How? There are some real implications of what we've looked at today. Here's the first one. Receive Jesus as your Savior today. Listen, if you've never received Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord, you can receive him today by faith. You'll never be able to go to heaven on your own righteousness. If you don't go on the righteousness of Jesus, you'll never go to heaven and the only way you can have the righteousness of Jesus is to repent of your sin and to place your faith in Jesus who loved you enough to shed his blood for your sins on the cross of Calvary. You say, Pastor, can I wait? I would advise you not to wait. You know what we believe about the coming of Christ? We believe it's imminent. That means it can happen at any moment. We know that the rapture is imminent. Nothing has to, has to be fulfilled for the rapture to occur. Are you ready today to receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord? Here's the second implication. I'm going to ask our staff to go ahead and come while I'm finishing up here. And our, our praise team. So, number one, receive Jesus today. Number two, live for Jesus. Hey, if you're a born-again believer, live for Jesus. He's coming. He's coming. In the words of Paul, deny ungodliness and worldly desires and live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, Titus 2.12. Live for Jesus Give him everything you've got, the best of what you have. Love him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. Deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow him. Listen, it's time that we in the church 
take our faith seriously. Here's the third implication. Keep on the alert. Over and over in the rest of this chapter, Mark 13, he talks about staying on the alert, keeping on the alert. We don't know when Jesus is coming. We need to be ready for his coming at any moment. We need to be able to read the signs of what's happening in our world today. So much is happening. So much is happening. Let's be ready when he comes. When he comes, may he find us faithful. May he find us committed. May he find us loving him and serving him with all of our heart. Jesus is coming soon. So I'm going to ask you, are you ready to believe in Jesus today? Come to one of our pastors. Do you need to find a church home to plug into in these last days? Come to one of our pastors and staff members and tell them that you want to be a part of this church. We'll help you with those decisions. As a believer, you want to come to this altar and just absolutely commit yourself to live for Jesus for the rest of your days? Come to the altar and make that commitment. And do you want to come to this altar and ask the Holy Spirit to help you to stay on the alert at all times? Come. Lord Jesus, we believe you. We honestly believe that you're coming. We honestly believe that some point in the future, this world is going to come to an end. And your kingdom is going to be established. And you will rule and reign forever. Lord, we bless you and praise you. And we pray that right this moment, the Holy Spirit would touch people's lives and bring them to faith in you, Lord Jesus. The, that the Holy Spirit would touch believers and give them a passion to live for you and to stay on the alert. Oh, Jesus, move with power in our midst today. Bring glory and honor to yourself as we wait for you to come. In Jesus' name.